Hello everybody, it's Gary Stuckey with Real Music. You can tell I'm excited to have legendary singer, songwriter, and musician Felix Cavallari. He's back once again uh, talking about his brand new album called Then and Now. You know him from the Rascals and the hit songs like Good Lovin' and Groovin'. All those great songs. Going to talk about his career and some other things and the new album. So here we go. Here's Felix Cavallari. Hello there. Hello, Felix. Hey, man, how are you? Good. You okay? Hear me? Yes. Yes. It's, I can hear you, see you, and everything. Perfect. Likewise. Great. That That's a good sign. Yeah, that's always good. It's not dark and fuzzy unless, you know, you get a close-up of my beard or something. I don't know. Amen. Oh. Amen. <laughs> so what's what's been happening? It's been a oh, while. Just, just uh, really uh, getting back to work, you know. it's uh, It's been pretty interesting, that's for sure. You know, yeah. Um, the last time I talked to you, I think the pandemic had just got underway and all that yeah. fun stuff. Aren't you glad to be on the other side of that? Well, you know, uh, that's uh, I took advantage of that time to finish an album, you know, and uh, so thank goodness for technology. Otherwise, I think I would have lost my mind because, you know, as you know, everything shut down. But uh, we were able to finish an album. We had started it before, and uh, we were able to finish it in our homes, which was great. Yeah, that, a lot of people did that. That's cool that you could play, you know, a guitar, and you could be in New York. The other guy could be in California. Exactly. You could play the drums, and it sounds like, you know, they're in the same room. Well, it's, uh, it's, I, I tell you, it's really pretty interesting. That, that That's, that's uh, you know, the then and now that I just put out. And uh, I think, you know, plus, you know, there really was no pressure because we had a lot of time, you know, so uh, it came out really good. Yeah, I've been listening to it. I've been jamming. Uh, on, well, first yeah. of all, though, the uh, I was looking at the cover now. The it's a, There's a butterfly on the cover. Yeah, that's right. And I was I was thinking about that. And so that's got to represent something. So what do you what do you think that represents as far as you? Well, uh, as far as, you know, from mythology, I think it's 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 happiness and peace and joy. You know, so I, I think it brings a good uh, a good energy with it. A lot of people kind of smile when they see it, you know. So uh, it just happened that we picked that out of a, a bunch that an artist had come up with, and it, people seemed to like it. Well, you know, what I was thinking about is, I, I was think, you know, I was thinking about these uh, monarch butterflies, you know, the pretty yellow butterflies that come yeah. from the Northeast. Then they migrate south. You know, I said it, it reminded me of a certain guy, uh, that plays keyboards, uh, yeah. you know, like you, uh, that, that migrated from, then you came from New York and you're, you're living in, uh, Nashville now, Yes, right? I'm in Nashville now. Yeah. Music city. So you're yeah. right in the middle of it all. Uh, well, you know, it, it, it really is, uh, music city. I mean, when you come down here as a musician, you know, uh, there's a welcome committee here, you know? And uh, I, 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 I've said this many times, I, if, uh, I'll just repeat myself, but when I first got here, there was a bank that people told me about. And there's a bank here that's got a special division just for writers, publishers, musicians, people who are in the music industry. I said, you're kidding. They said, no, they've, they've got a, 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 a whole separate division. I said, well, we had that in New York too. It was called the Exit. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So really, I mean, seriously, it's a joke, but it's not because they really welcome you here in Nashville uh, when you're in the music business. Sure. It's like 
I think it's like the best of both worlds. You know, wherever you're from, you have a certain uh, atmosphere that you grow up with, a certain musically your style is influenced by the people you're around in New York or California. Then they come to Nashville and it's a different world because the people are nicer, you know, no offense everywhere else, but the South is a different, uh, you know, area, which I'm from Alabama, you know? So, uh, but that's what I'm saying, but those, those cultures and those musical influences come together and it's one big family in New York. It seems like, I mean, in, uh, in Nashville. Well, it but, certainly, uh, right. it certainly used to be like that when I first got down here, you know, uh, yeah, it's really interesting, but yeah, I understand. We're right next to you, right here, right here in Tennessee, right next to Alabama. That's right. You're, if you, if I go up the interstate, uh, I sixty five, I could be there That's in about four it. and a half hours. You've got. Are you still in Alabama these days? Yes, down in in Bruton, home. Of, I always say this, home of William Lee Golden. Of the Oak Ridge Boys. Oh, there you go. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so we... yeah. Well, we, uh, you know, my ex was from Alabama, you know, and uh, down there in Bessemer. Yeah. So we've yeah, got the... uh, kind of like ties down there, but you know, I, I mean, coming from the north, you know, uh, the musical heritage down south here is pretty amazing. You know, I mean, Georgia, especially, you know, you got James Brown, Otis Redding, Little Richard coming from the same town, you know. Joe Tex, then you come over here to Nashville, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it's really a special place for music. Sure. You know, you know, speaking of Alabama, I was, uh, I was sitting there listening with my dad, which of course my dad remembers you from your days of the sure. rascals. And we were listening to the new album's great by the way, but oh, I, thank you. we were, we, we were listening to some songs now and he, and all of a sudden his eyes light up because he's listening uh to some of the covers and uh and there's a song called slip away the first song on the yeah, album there you go by Clarence Carter from alabama from montgomery alabama so there you go so See, that, that's that, that's uh that's really nice because you know not a lot of people know that song. you know and it's a great song and it fits your voice i mean you know if people didn't realize this if they picked up this album listen they would swear it was something that the rascals released back in 1966 you know that it's so good ain't there ain't too many people that can do that that can yeah can record a new album and it sounds just like it did back in the day that's just amazing to me i think well you know as i say you know i've been very fortunate and very blessed to keep going and keep keep singing and keep uh, you know being on stage and keep thinking you know you just got to keep alive you know especially after that pandemic but uh the 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 fellow that I I produced this with uh, is my guitar player uh, Mike Severs. He's from South Carolina, and so uh, uh, another one of the songs that's on there. A lot of people don't know from up north, you know. That's searching for my love, you know. Uh, that was like a regional hit, but we got it up north because I used to go really out of my way to find, uh, you know, these kind of up in those days obscure sounds and. Uh, Sure enough, you know, like there's that southern uh, kind of theme going through it. But the, the slip away is another great story. While I was on Atlantic Records, there was a fellow there who was working in the A&R department. I said, Felix, you got to hear this. This just came in, you know, and it came in obviously from Alabama. And that was slip away. Well, you were just mentioning uh, the song uh, Searching for Love uh, by Bobby Moore. And the rhythm aces now they were from Alabama. They were from Montgomery, Alabama. Oh, I didn't so know those, that. I thought they were from. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah, 
So that's that's why my dad's eyes because he heard those songs and he knew wow. so he knows all this history. I know a lot, but he he's like the master. <laughs> oh, but he cool, knows man. all this info. But those songs, the guys from Alabama, he's telling me all this history, and I'm like, whoa, that's really interesting. But uh, but there you go. That's why the influences of there. That's why it sounds like that southern flavor because that's where they were from originally they might have moved away very very interesting and as i say when we first came down here i came down here on 88 89 you know and i i noticed uh wow there's a lot of people i know here you know a lot of people from groups and bands you know that like, what are you guys doing here well this this is where it's at you know and and uh it's really nice to be you know kind of accepted and recognized uh, a lot of places uh they, they really don't like musicians around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I yeah, understand. Right. Yeah, I get it. Um, and there's there's some uh, original songs on there on the album that's really good, too. Like I said, it sounds like you could have released it years ago, and you're like, they're the fresh sounds, but it's just amazingly good. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, the Soul Love song. How did you uh, come up with that song? Well, that, these, that's two gentlemen, these two fellows came down from Canada to write with me. You know, and uh, that's what came out, you know, and and I really like it. I mean, like I say, they're young and fresh. And uh, basically what, what what they did is, you know, I've got a little studio in my house here. And they said, well, that's OK. We brought our laptop. They did. We did that whole thing on a little laptop. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, it, wow. You know, I mean, I said, that's pretty cool. I got to learn how to do that. So fortunately, it was before, you know, so I kind of got my chops together for the for the album when it when it, when it became time to get locked up. Right. So how did you go about uh, writing some of the song, the newer songs? I mean, how did you uh, write those songs? Who did you work with on the writing? Well, those? I worked with, a, there's a gentleman by the name of Steve Warrender. I don't know if you're familiar with Steve, but Steve is a, I think he's a Kentucky guy who has written a lot for uh, for Garth, Garth Brooks. And uh, he was a protege of uh, Chet Atkins, you know, oh, yeah. and just a wonderful guy. And uh, we, we met at the Musicians Hall of Fame down here. Uh, and he said, come on, let's get together and write, which is kind of the way down south in Nashville that you say, come on, let's have dinner. No, let's get together and write. So right. that's what's so cool about it. But I really, really enjoyed working with him. He's a gentleman. He's a fantastic talent. And uh, so the one, uh, two songs came out of that uh, relationship. You know, you awesome. just meet people and write with them. Right. Uh, you know, years ago, I'm sure you had excitement you know, back in the sixties when, you know, you were younger and it was all newer to you, the excitement of recording, the excitement of performing, how is that still affecting you? Are you still as excited today to record and play as you were all those years ago? You know, most of the people uh, who do what we do uh, still have that excitement. You know, it is just something that, you know, you either have it in you and you love it or you quit. You know, and and basically, uh, you know, like, for example, like Ringo's on his way down here. You know, he's going to be doing uh, he's, he's actually getting into this Musicians Hall of Fame and he's going to be working at the good old famous Ryman. Awesome. Uh, he, he's been on the road. As long or maybe longer than I have. He still loves it. I mean, he's still out there singing and, and, and you, you know, you really have to pull him off the stage. So <laughs> the answer is yes. Yeah, well, Ringo. He's he's over eighty, and he looks like he's like forty. I mean, does he ever age? <laughs> well, Ringo. I'll tell you. I'll tell you in a couple of days. He's on his way here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do 
tell him I said hello. Yeah, I'm sure he'll know who I am. Yeah. Uh, not, uh, but uh, you know, what do you think though? You know, today's music. Do you do you like today's music as compared to uh, your you know younger years? I mean, well, what's changed? There's so much music out there now. I mean, like you, you it, it, it's really amazingly diverse. And uh, you know, you know, we have like Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, all those things. That's really my outlook uh, outlet to the world, uh, and it's also my incoming music out inlet. Um, I've been listening to a lot of uh, uh, music from all over the world, you know. Uh, I notice a lot of the English people, uh, uh, Ed Sheeran, et cetera, et cetera. They spend a lot of time with African artists. And uh, I've come across some of the real refreshing stuff that comes out of uh, Nigeria. There's a, 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 a singer by the name of Burna Boy. And I happened to tune in the other day onto uh, Apple Music. And I saw a completely sold out Wembley Stadium concert that he did. Wow. But there's a lot of people that go to that concert. They knew every single word of every single song. I was really impressed with that because it shows you that music is alive and well around the globe. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, though, that like a song like Soul Love or something like that, some you know, a new song, if this was released, though, back in the 60s, to me, it would be a number one song. It would well, be it would be a hit. But by today's standards, why do you think the music industry has changed so much that they don't really focus on the older artists? They don't really push it. They don't really care. Why is that? Well, it's not only the older artists. I mean, if you look back at history, you know, like with Picasso, you know, they, they didn't even want him to continue painting. And can you imagine he would have missed all those blue periods? And, you know, uh, there's something, well, there's something about youth which is really interesting. You know, we've got this election coming up with older people running. Something about youth. I think people feel like, well, you know, there's a future to these guys, <laughs> you know. But uh, it's just, you know, that, that's how the industry has changed over the years. It's it's really become extremely corporate, you know. I mean, there's no question about our entire world, you know, whether it be music or television or, uh, you know, it, it's all about, corporations running the show whereas in the early days of rock and roll it was kind of like in, in its infancy nobody really knew what the heck was going to happen or what was going on we were creating it as you went along so it was a lot more exciting it's a lot more open now now it's not so open because you know you got the big guns coming in and uh, when they come in uh, they bring their money with them and as long as they bring their money the, the door opens up right that's true that's and, how uh, it is Unfortunately, uh, you know, and I was looking at some of the older clips. I may have talked about this last time I was talking to you, but you know, the rascals on like Ed Sullivan, you know, you had shows like that that used to just say, Hey world, here they are, and the fans would go crazy, the world would go crazy. There aren't any shows like Ed Sullivan. There's not a show that says, Hey, check these guys out, and it makes you or breaks you, but usually it makes you on Ed Sullivan. You know, and and you're sitting there, you're playing, and you're having the time of your life. Why why do you think there's not that aren't any of those kind of shows anymore? Why do you think that's kind of gone away from that? Well, again, if you look at what they've done with, uh, you know, the type of shows like The Voice and America's Got Talent, and they've turned that into a, a pretty pretty 
prolific business. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, you've got all these young talents coming on there and they're competing against one another, which I really don't like that competition part yeah. of it. But I mean, they're getting all this exposure, but you've got how many of those shows? What are there? Ten of them on now? Eight of them on? So there's it, it's it's okay. Well, how do we figure out who we really like? Oh, I like them all. You know, uh, it's 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 huge nowadays. You know, and uh, you wonder, you know, how somebody really makes it in these days in this business. It's it, it's very 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 difficult. Well, it does sound like it's controlled to a degree. You're talking about the, you know, people with the money and and they're like throwing it around. You know, they can decide who's popular, who's not popular. It's not really well, the fans. It's anymore. the same thing like, uh, you know, this Elon, Elon Musk. Fella. You know, he comes out with a car with an automaker that, that actually survived. You know how many people have come out with cars over the years that just you never heard of them again? Because they're up against, you know, the big three, right? Uh, the big five now. It's amazing how you get through. You have to have an outstanding product, evidently. Or you have to have a lot of money to tell people you have an outstanding project, a product. And, and I think, that, you know, that's amazing. I mean, Tesla's right up there with the, you know, the General Motors people, which is ridiculously unheard of. Right. It, it is crazy. I mean, there's a lot of competition. You know, and I guess that's the same thing musically, you know, uh, back in the 60s, you know, you had all kinds of artists kind of competing, I guess not really competing, but you were out there, you know, and you had like the Beatles and different, you had the Motown, you know, you had all kinds of artists out there that people had to choose from. So you really had a variety, uh, but it wasn't so controlled, like like you said, as it is uh, today. Um, but I guess, I guess it all depends on, you know, your viewpoint on all that, you know, I, I don't know. Well, you know, I, I, when I first moved down here, I, I, I moved down to Franklin, you know, and uh, my neighbor across the street was a fellow by the name of Bob Carlo. Now, I don't know if you know Bob Carlo, but he used to be a Christian singer with a group called yes. Allies, you know, and then he was a Ninja Turtle voice. Well, he wrote this song one day and, and, and he called me up, you know, and he had this album coming out. He said, man, would you come over and listen to this song? Because I'll our children used to play together. And I said, yeah, yeah. He says, my wife wants me to put this on the album. I don't want to put it on the album. I think it's too personal. And can I play it for you? Well, he started playing for me and I started to cry. I mean, it's called Butterfly Kisses. Yes, that's well, right. Some disc well, jockey down in Florida, I think it was on Mother's Day, heard it, played it. It became a national hit. I think he sold 5 million plus albums. You just never knew in the old days if somebody was going to do that. You know, right. nowadays that doesn't happen too much. You know, it's unfortunate because the disc jockeys, they don't have that kind of freedom where they could just say, I don't play this. Right. You know, like down south, that's what they did. Okay. And, and I get into trouble because they, they, they call it payola, you know. But today they call it advertising. Same thing. It, but you're right though. It's it's about money. It's all controlled, and it's like, yeah, you will play these these same songs. Right. You know, you, you'll you'll play that forever. You know, you won't play anything new or different. Uh, but you know, a lot of these uh, places uh, on social media, like TikTok, you know, anybody can be a celebrity. I mean, I'm even a celebrity on YouTube. No. There you go. <laughs> See that? That's 
That's I'm why I'm saying. here, my man. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. But it's just, but you have that open outlet, which is good. I appreciate it. But at the same time, it's like there's so many people that have the opportunity. That's good, but it's also bad because it just fills up the whole scene, you know, and you can't really sort out the good from the well, bad. But that's how it is, you know. I mean, it, 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 uh, you know, that this is the world that, you know, the younger people have to contend with and deal with. You know, and it's not easy. You know, I mean, there's no question about it. But, you know, there will be musical success and stars forever, I think. You know, uh, hopefully we'll see somebody uh, uh, at the level of Beatles or, or Michael Jackson or uh, Elvis Presley uh, eventually. I think so. I really do. Well, that's good. That's good hope. But will there ever be another Felix Cavallari? Well, like, I, I tell you, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I've got to look, take a look around and see. Yeah. <laughs> they, they better try real hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, looking back on all those successful years, are there anything, is there anything that you look back on that you say, I wish I could have done differently? Well, yeah, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, we all have thoughts like that, you know, uh, when you have a group, uh, you want I would really have liked the group to uh end a little more peacefully than it ended, you know. So whatever part I could have played to make that happen, I I would have liked to have done that. But you know, when you're young and you really don't know that much about, you know, humanity <laughs> other than your family, uh, you know, other than that, no, I mean there's there's a lot of moves you can make in business that are better than others. But again, that was not my, my 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 strong point was the business part. I was in the musical part. But you know, there's always things like, you know, missed opportunities. But for the most part, we had a good time, man. We made a lot of hit records, made a lot of people happy. And look, look at me, I'm still out here doing it. I can't even believe that, you know. Right. I imagine you do sit back and go, it's like a dream. How did all this happen? Uh what what point do you look back though and say, at the exact moment that you realized that you were on your way, uh, you know, to fame, so to speak. At what point was that exactly? Do you remember uh, they, the exact moment? Yeah, a few points. I mean, like I say, you know, uh, of course, you know, the the first real big indication was when uh, was when Good Loving became a number one, you know, which is our second single. But prior to that, you you know, when people really like what you do or not, you know, because they either applaud or they leave. <laughs> You know? so, so you know when you start a band like in your in your college years or high school years and you know people want you back you got an idea well you know this 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 could work this could work and and, and you know it's kind of sad when when people you know don't have that kind of accolade and that kind of positivity but they keep on going and keep on going and keep on going i mean unfortunately unless you can do it as a second job or as a hobby pretty hard yeah i'm sure yeah um you know i was looking at the list of these halls of fames that you're in there's like there's like 20 i mean you're like in every hall of i think you're you're like the best hat hall of fame now you're like in yeah. every hall of fame does that's got to make you feel good uh yeah, it does yeah you, well uh and sometimes you know to me that's that's what makes an artist you know to say you're looking at artists like yourself and you're going these guys deserve so much because 
you were there. You kind of started all that, you know, and, and people, you know, idolize you, you know, they play music because of you. Do you ever, yeah. uh, you know, think about that's these halls of fames and these shows. I mean, I, I'm glad that they do recognize people like that. Sometimes yeah. they miss some people. Are there some people that you think they've overlooked? Oh, when, many, 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 yeah. many. Yeah. Many, you know, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people that I know, you know, and, you know, their, their feelings are really hurt, you know, because they're not in the hall of fame, you know, and uh, they don't realize that it, it's a, uh, well, for example, like Chubby Checker. I mean, who doesn't know Chubby Checker? Seriously. Right. I mean, I, right. I mean, whether you like his music or not, you heard it and you played it, you probably danced to it. Uh, if you were alive, you know, uh, he's not in the whole thing. Uh, there's a nomination process there. And uh, if you don't get nominated, obviously you can't get you can't get voted in. So the nomination is very, very important. And that's done by a board that they select and it's a little tight, you know, yeah. but uh, again, uh, that has changed so much over the years. Now it's a television program. See, when it first started, it was not televised for many reasons, which if somebody wants to look up the history, there's a history to everything, including the, the rock and roll hall of fame. The hall of fame that I'm most proud of is the songwriters hall of fame. That's not televised, doesn't have a museum, most people don't even know what it is, but the people who are in that are legendary as far as I'm concerned. And I'm so proud to be part of that family because you're talking about Burt Backer and Hale David. You're talking about, you know, Sammy Kahn. You're talking about Irving Berlin. You're talking about top of the heap, Cole Porter. Yeah. And uh, that really made a big, big impression on me. That one too. when they, when they, when they, when they asked me to be in that and that, that really made my 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 year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I bet it did. That, yeah. But there you go. I mean, artists like you, I mean, those songs that you've written that touched people's heart and soul. Why, right. why do you think those songs are so just, why do you think they cut people, you know, just to the soul? Well, well what know, is uh, it about? When people ask you that kind of question, you got to go into like your... You know, you, you got to really think about that, you know, because you really don't know the answer to that. You know, uh, I believe, you know, and, and I might as well just say my belief, you know, all, all of this inspiration comes from above, comes Amen. right through us from the. I maker, agree. I agree. Know? And so if people feel that maker, they don't know what it is, but they like. It. So I'll say thank you and, Amen. you know, let it be. There you go. That's fine with me that's you know that's something to think about i've talked to you know when i talk to most of the people that come on the show I, I usually talk about that some way or the other though uh even uh john Waite admitted that you know that god is the reason he created music you know and we're just kind of you know we're just right in the middle you know just in in helping him out you know and uh what a blessing though it is uh, to have that gift now, not just singing. Now, now you're a singer, amazing singer, songwriter, but playing the keys, man, like well, you're you on know, fire. I just I mean, let it all come through, man. You know what I mean? I don't put any barriers up, you know, and as long as my hands work and my feet work and my brain works, you know, <laughs> everything's good, everything's okay. As soon as it stops working, boy, 
you gotta keep going. Hey man, that what a blessing. You know, I was talking to uh Rod Argent. Yeah, I, you've you've probably worked with him a few times. I know uh, Rod, he's a good man, absolutely. Same same kind of guy, Tell you know, and talented playing the keys, writing the songs, still doing it after all these years. Yeah. And you know, he has He's got a lot of young people uh, listening to him, like all over the place. Do you ever find young people that are really enjoying your music, and it makes you smile and go, "I have reached the next generation." <laughs> yeah, I got a, a a couple of letters from this school in North Carolina, uh, in Virginia, both, and it was it was their uh, kind of uh, their musical uh, uh, what do you call that uh, class. And they they sent me this beautiful thing. They all signed it, and they said, "Hey, man, could we could we have something to put up on the wall?" You know, what, what, what was it? Tenth grade? I mean, that's pretty cool, man. You know, it, it catches you off guard because either a professor got in there and started playing some of our music because then you know they're not going to listen to all these stations. I mean, really, I don't think so. You know, so a professor probably turned them on. They really liked it. Some of them got really hooked on it, passed it around. It's not easy because, you know, if you think just for a minute how long ago that was, wow, that was a, that was a long time ago. Was... You know? So the equivalent in my day would have been, let's see, what, Rudy Valley? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have been. See, let's go, let's go that... listen to some Rudy Valley, you know? <laughs> that has been cool, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um... That's but that's great though. I mean, like you said, you know, and even in the future, I think that years from now, hopefully we'll still all be around, uh, you know, I mean, our, our grandkids and you know, but um, to discover the music, you know, the, and there's probably some people that's what's good about the internet and Spotify and places like Absolutely. that. They can just they discover you and they go, Who's this Felix Cavallari? Who are the rascals? And they listen right. to the, they've heard it on a commercial. Or they heard it in the movie, exactly. and they go, "This guy is amazing." So they get to rediscover you, right, through that, and that's well, great. One of the advantages that we had, uh, basically, is is the, the the generation that we came from included the phenomenon called the Beatles. You know, I mean, uh, it, it, the the music that came out of that period uh, was fantastic, and and I think that has a lot to do with it. You can't knock that music that came out of the Stones and the Beatles and the Kinks and the Spoonful and the Birds. I mean, to to stay afloat in that in that environment, it had to be really good, you know. And it's still around, you know, like it it, it it's 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 deep purple. I mean all these groups, you know, you talk about zombies and you know it it it's it it rod and those guys it's still around because it was really good music in those days. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm thankful that, you know, the music's still around. Y'all are still around. And you're still around to talk about it, right? Amen. We're still around to it, talk about it and do it. And yeah. play it. So what kind of shows have you got lined up coming up soon? Well, we're coming around the bend here in October. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be traveling around here, going a little bit of, uh, uh, we're going to Massachusetts. We're going to Pittsburgh. Uh, I've got some things down in Florida. Uh, you know, we're kind of gearing up back after that uh you know, pandemic slowed everybody down, you know. Of course, the big festivals and everything, the people are really ready to go out and party and rock, you know. Uh, we do a lot of cruises, for example. Oh, yeah. uh, we do this cruise called the Flower Power Cruise, which if you haven't heard of, 
you should look it up. It's it's really a hoot, man. These oh, people cool. come on board. They spend approximately eight to ten days of nothing but music and going backwards to when they were, you know, in their prime prime right. years as far as being teenagers and they dress yeah. like it, they act like it, they go crazy, and then they go back home. Wow. Yeah. They probably don't want to go back home. <laughs> oh, it's it, it, look it up, man. It's it's sold oh, well. out years in advance, as a matter of fact. It's amazing. Flower pound. I'll check that out. Well, I appreciate you talking to me. I, I'm glad that you're still doing the music. You got through the pandemic. You made an awesome album, which I'm still listening to. And like oh, I said, man, you. it's really good. And it should be. This album should be on the charts. I don't know. You know, I I don't know who to talk to or what I can do, but I sure will well, tell people about it. Well, tell tell your pop. I'm glad to be on his chart. Hey, he sure loves you, and uh, I hey, promise God bless, you. Man. Thank you, hey. and, and and thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. Yes, sir. Thank you, Felix. You have a good day. Take care of yourself. All right. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode, everybody. I appreciate you. What a guy, Felix Cavallari. Uh, if you want to know more about him, check out his website, felixcavallari.com, for more information. And until next time, everybody, keep the music real. <laughs>